570. In L.A. sports icon. Fred Rogan is here tonight. Decades on your television covering Los Angeles sports. Fred Rogan, huge in Los Angeles. The Dean. I'm the Dean. Fred Rogan. Weekdays before Petros and Money. A USC All-American. USC's Rodney Peterson. An NFL quarterback. Absolutely perfectly delivered by Rodney Rodney Peterson. Available on the iHeartRadio app or on am570lasports.com. This is Rogan and Rodney. And we continue on. Fred Rogan, Rodney Pete on AM570 LA Sports. Uh, later this hour, Pete's playbook. Rodney will break down the uh, NFL games this weekend. Rams, 49ers, Raiders, Saints. Also coming up, we will give away tickets to see UCLA and Stanford play at the Rose Bowl. That game is tomorrow. We'd love you to win, so we invite you to stay tuned for that. And we will have a listener haiku to pay tribute to Vic. We'll get into that in a second as well. Uh, Rodney... So Adam Silver says the NBA is considering instituting a hard cap when it comes to uh, team salaries. A hard cap, like football, hard cap. In the NBA, there is a hard cap now, but there are penalties you pay for exceeding the cap. And the it's longer- a soft cap, Fred, isn't it? Well, it's really they- a soft cap because you can sign your guy, your own guy back for whatever you just got to pay the luxury tax right but what they're claiming is uh in their terminology it is a soft cap but they say well no it's a hard cap but there are penalties instituted and of course the warriors and the nets and the clippers are way over and they pay the most in penalty and the league is saying you know that's not really fair to everybody else we need to have a hard cap so you've got to make decisions on your guys you got to make a decision maybe let them go somewhere else so we can control our costs. What they're trying to tell the owners of the Nets and the Warriors and Steve Ballmer, everybody doesn't have your money, so stop spending it. The Players Association will never go for that, ever. But that's what the NBA is thinking because it really is a problem for the other owners. I could say this, and it's you know it's not my money, but I could say this, if you can't pay, don't be in the game. It's ooh, not the way it ooh. used to be. Harsh, Fred. Yeah, but it's not the way it used to be, Rodney. Years ago, they were family-run businesses. Today, they're not. People with an awful lot of money own these franchises. For example, the Angels should go for between two and a half and three billion dollars. That's an awful lot of money. Whoever buys that franchise is not buying it to sit there and lose. No, it is a major investment. And, and think about when Guggenheim bought the Dodgers for two billion. They thought it was overpaid they overpaid oh it was insane grossly grossly overpaid what are they thinking yeah and now you're saying you know the angel's gonna go for around three billion well what what guggenheim knew and what everybody knows that lives in southern california when you buy real estate location 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 guggenheim bought the dodgers they bought la that's what they bought yeah they did they bought the los angeles market and it was brilliant steve bomber paid two billion dollars for the clippers yeah that seemed like, oh my God, what are you thinking? Imagine if he turned around and sold the Clippers tomorrow. Well, what that is going to go for with the new new arena and everything. Right. That, that'd be close to four or five billion dollars. Absolutely. Currently valued at three point three billion. The Clippers are the Clippers three point three, and that's without the arena, right, Kevin? Correct. That's just the yeah. franchise itself. Okay, and the arena is like two billion dollars. Yeah. All right. The so he's, Dodgers, by the way, are four billion, so double what Guggenheim paid for it at the time. Yeah. Look at that. Right. Doubled your money. Yeah, so if you can't pay, you shouldn't play. And yeah. any anytime a league says what we're it's going like to the, do is restrict salaries, it's because they're trying to protect 
the owners that don't have the money from the owners that do have the money. Yeah, and there's difference, right? The difference between, you know, money on paper and real money. Like, <laughs> like the Buzz family are extremely wealthy on paper because if they just sold the, the Lakers, even their portion of the Lakers because they've sold the pieces of it, they sold a portion of, of the Lakers, I mean, it would be a billionaires times over, right? But that doesn't solve their problems of needing reserves and cash to go do some of the things that the guy across the hall can do because he's got the pockets to be able to do that without having to sell off any of the assets. Dean Spanos would be... Same situation. Yeah, yeah. really rich. But he doesn't have the cash flow. He doesn't have the money sitting there. The money's in the team. He's a rich man right now. He's richer than we are. He's richer than a lot of people. But he's not Stan Kroenke. And any time a league decides what we need to do here is to restrict salaries, it's the guys that don't have complaining about the guys that do. It really is that simple. And, and it's, you know, it, it's unfair to say, but in today's world, if you're going to own a franchise, if you can't compete, you should sell the team to someone who wants to compete, that can't afford to compete. I know that's harsh, but it's it's a fact. If a team is not winning, they're cheating their fans. If a team is not competitive, they're cheating their fans. Keep in mind, if the team is bad, ask Donald Sterling, you still make a lot of money. And oftentimes, if you're really bad, you make more money because it doesn't cost you as much. That's not fair to fans. That's not fair to people that pay. Prices only go up. So, yeah, the, the Players Association is never going to go for the salary cap. Ever, ever, ever. That will be a non-starter. No. no. But it tells you the thinking now of NBA owners, Rodney. Well, they're trying to eliminate the, you know, the, 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 the whole tanking thing. And they've tried a lot of different scenarios, a lot of different proposals. I don't know. Uh, I don't know how you really get around it, Red. How do you really get around it? Um. Do you make this whole lottery thing not even a uh, an option? Um, that that the 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 last three teams get the best options to to get to upgrade. I don't know um, because it seems that that that's that's not really an effective way to to keep teams from just throwing in the towel too early. Well, there's a player coming out, Kevin. What's his name? Victor Wembanyama. Yeah, yeah, Wembanyama. Seven that, four, yeah. fluid. Can shoot from the Kevin outside. Durant. He's yeah. Kevin Durant at seven four. Yeah, I mean this like, guy is a game changer. This this should be a game changer. You don't know till he gets here. Yeah, but he should be the game changer. He'll be the guy, and he's going to come into the league. Don't you know that in Utah they want to lose right now? Everybody wants a shot at this guy. And why the hell yeah. they keep winning, Fred? That's the problem. Why do they have the best record in the league? Yeah, that's why they should fire their new coach. He's trying too hard. Fire Danny Ainge. What are we doing, Danny? Yeah, look. The thing is, they traded everybody in their team that was any good, and they're winning. Yes. The, the plan was, let's That's get rid this. of everybody, and then maybe we'll get this guy. Right. Everybody wants him. Everybody. He so is sophisticated tanking. <laughs> yeah. So it doesn't look like we're throwing the game, but we don't have any players that match up with the other team, so more than likely we're not going to win, but they happen to win. Right. That's a problem. It's, it's the only time it's a problem. When you're trying really to prepare yourself for this – superstar that's going to come into the league. Every team in the league wants him. And wherever he goes, 
instantly things have changed. Now, he, you know, he might get hurt, but if he doesn't get hurt, this is the guy. He's probably the best guy to come along in, what, 10 years? This is the guy, and everybody wants him this year. I mean, if the Lakers hadn't traded every draft pick they've ever had, hell, I would say tank. You know what? Everybody must go. We're trading AD. We're trading LeBron. We're trading everybody. Let's see if we can get this guy because he's the guy to build around. And the league is trying to protect itself from itself. We don't want people going crazy, spending all this money. It hurts smaller markets. You know, it, it, in Toronto, we don't want to see the Nets spending all this money. In Detroit, it doesn't help us because our fans become frustrated. Why can't we compete? Why can't we win? That's why I'm saying, Rodney, if you don't have the dough, you need to go. Say that again. You don't have the dough, you need to go. <laughs> Are you running for office there, Fred? Right. <laughs> that sounds like a campaign slogan. Yeah. It does. Don't have the dough, you need to go. Yeah. Uh, okay. So Vic had his procedure today. And uh, we said on Friday, because he brought it up, Rodney. Yes, he did. For people that didn't know what he was having done, we would share that. And we were not going to share it, but he himself brought it up. So Vic had a procedure today, and uh, he had his colostomy bag removed. That's what he had done. I know. You cringe when you hear it. You cringe when you hear it. Yes. Yes. He had it removed. He's had it for four years. How long now? Four years years he's had that. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe more than that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's having it removed, and 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 everything went well, right? Yep. yep everything yep. went well, um, and I have to believe, and I think he did say that, that this is a um, this is a good thing that they are removing this. That it's it's uh, they wouldn't remove it unless it was something good. No, that's what he said. Yeah, yeah. He, he's going to have. Uh, as he put it, far more freedom now. Yes, far more freedom. And uh, be able to move around. And be, the, yeah, the fact that he's having it removed means that he's progressing well in his recovery. So that's a, this is yeah. all a good sign. Yeah. So it's a it's a good thing. It's good news. That's what he had done. The procedure was today. He is okay, and hopefully we'll get him on next week, Rodney. Well, we you know we love Vic to the world and back, and wish him well. And I know our listeners love him as well. And and so. I'm 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 glad he's on the road now to recovery, and we can't wait wait to to first of all speak with him, and then secondly get him get him obviously back on on the show and get into the flow again. But uh, all the best to our man Vic. And uh, I'm sure when he comes on, much to the chagrin of all, he will talk about exactly what he had done. <laughs> Which is what, Fred? I I'm not exactly sure what they did. You don't want Didn't to go he describe the it for us? Yeah, didn't he describe it for us? Did before? he describe it for us? No, I think he did. I don't think no. he went the description of exactly what they were going to do. Yeah, no, I don't he think did. he. I don't think he was. That, thank God, that specific. They're going to pick up this tool and then put that there. I don't think we. Uh, is it two? Is this one? Do you have uh, a number two bag and a one number one bag? Again, <laughs> not my area of expertise. <laughs> hey, yikes! I'm not, not sure. <laughs> but he's going to be uh, a new guy, and we look forward to talking to him next week. Uh, now we have uh, Scott in Oceanside. He will provide the listener haiku to pay tribute to Vic. But before we get to Scott, 
we will have a Vic Retro Haiku. Small snail crawling up Mount Fuji and laughing. I'm feeling you. Okay. <laughs> we pulled the small snail out today. Very nice. Small snail. Small winds, Fred. Yeah. Well, you know what? Mount Fuji could Stop not defeat thing. that snail. No, it could not. Now, to be fair, uh, upon further examination, it took the snail... Seven years to get up Mount Fuji. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. All right, let's bring on Scott in Oceanside. And Scott, how are you today? I'm well. I'm well. How are you, gentlemen? We're doing well. Now, have you put some thought into this haiku? Did you prepare it? Have you had it for a while? I actually wrote this haiku when I was in the eighth grade. Oh, that was a okay. Long time ago. So, as an assignment, and how old are you now? I am sixty-five. Oh, oh! So, this so you wrote on, it when you're in the eighth grade. Yeah, this has been on ice Man. for a while. And, yeah, and and yeah. Ba- and back then, when you were in eighth grade, one of your courses was haiku. No, it was English course, you know, language course. But uh, yeah, I got an A on it. So here we go. You ready? Yep, we are ready. Here is Scott in Oceanside with the daily haiku at two. As the sun sets. Over the ocean, it creates a golden bridge that is the pathway to heaven. Feeling you, BTB. You know that was that was wonderful, Scott. That did not sound like an eighth grader wrote it. No, it sounded very peaceful and soothing and spiritual and all of those things. I'm not making it up. Well, you did a great job. Thank you for calling today. Thank you for listening and for paying tribute to Vic. Uh, you guys are great. Keep it up. Appreciate that. Thanks, Scott. It's lit. Stories lighting up the sports headlines. If you suffer any kind of injury this weekend, it's probably not your fault. And if it's not your fault, you deserve to be compensated. The one guy who's been doing it for 25 years that will hook you up is our guy, Jacob Emrani. Accident or injury, call Jacob Emrani, call Jacob. We spoke to Rich Hammond in the first hour about this Rams 49er matchup, and Rich brought up the fact that Debo Samuel had not been practicing all week as he was dealing with the leg injury, and it has now been confirmed that he will not play. Debo Samuel will not play this Sunday for San Francisco as he deals with that bad hamstring, so... Obviously unfortunate for them, but a very fortunate break for the Rams, Fred. Yeah, all of a sudden, I like the Rams' chances much better. (laughs) On the other side, they do have Christian McCaffrey. They do. Oh, yeah, that guy. Yeah, and that guy. And we'll see what that guy does against the Rams. But I think Samuel out of the game, Rodney, changes the whole game. Oh, my goodness. It changes a lot. I don't know about the whole game, but certainly taking a weapon away from the 49ers. Um uh, that kind of weapon is definitely going to hurt that offense because he has been, let's face it, he's been a Ram killer in the times that they've gone head-to-head with, with the 49ers. He has done everything. He's a guy that has torn the Rams up. When everybody in the stadium knows he's getting the ball, he still gets it and destroys the Rams. So 
boy, him not being in the lineup is a huge, huge, big-time sigh of relief for the Rams right now. Fred, apparently you're not the only person that loves grass. Yeah, you love the grass at Camelback Ranch? Love it. Love you some grass. So does Cooper Cup. Talking this week about how he prefers to play on grass fields instead of uh, artificial turf fields. Going back to this past weekend's game between the Chargers and Seahawks, you had DK Metcalf, he carted off the field with an injury. Then, of course, J.C. Jackson was hurt and is out for a while. Both of those guys, non-contact injuries, and some were attributing it to the turf. And Cooper Cup says, uh, it's not even close. I would love to play exclusively on grass. We should only be playing on grass. And Jalen Ramsey backed him up on that, saying that it's better for you. Uh, uh, Rodney, I know you played on the old field turf back in the day, and that's a completely different beast. But I guess yeah. just the, the, the turf they have now, this artificial turf that they put in versus real grass, uh, do you think that the artificial turf is contributing to some of these injuries? Oh, 100%. Yeah. 100%. Absolutely. Rodney, what's the uh, difference between the difference. two, by it's, the way? It's hard. The grass gives. Grass grass is natural, so you've got the dirt and the soil that is going to kind of give a cushion, and then it's going to give with you on a, on, on, on certain cuts. Um, not that you slip, but it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to protect you in a, in, in a lot of ways, whereas artificial turf, you make one cut or your foot gets caught, you're stuck there. It doesn't give with your body or give with your legs. So certainly artificial turf um, attributes more to more injuries than natural grass. Um, and I always like playing on natural grass. I think if you ask most people, um, they will they will prefer grass. Now the artificial turf, you're you're faster, you know, on the on the turf as opposed to grass. But that that's not a huge huge difference. Uh, when it comes terms uh, and down to safety and what you can do on natural grass versus turf. I'd much prefer playing on the grass. Do you think the, the league should mandate one playing surface? Well, I think they've tried to, to make the standards uh, as high as possible, but there are certain you know indoor stadiums, and some teams have figured it out, indoor stadiums that can't have grass because the way the, the dome is constructed. And some of the newer ones... They've been able to kind of wheel or get enough sunlight in for the for the grass to be maintained, uh, but some of the uh, covered dome stadiums don't have that kind of technology where they can either bring new grass or new sod in, roll the other one out like they do. And I believe in Arizona has that kind of ability to to roll a, a full length of football field in and out of the stadium. Um, not everybody can do that, so it's, it's it would be hard to just mandate every. And there was petitions to do that, that every stadium had to be grass. Um, but it, it's not feasible. And with technology, the, the, the AstroTurf, or artificial turf, has gotten a lot better uh, over the last 20 years uh, with technology. So they're, they're, they're doing the best they can to come as close as they can to grass, but nothing is really a substitute. Yeah, right now, 14 of the 30 stadiums have an artificial turf. We touched on this briefly yesterday, talking about where the Dodgers may or might not go. At shortstop, knowing that Trey Turner could likely be on his way out of the door. David Vazze feels that Trey Turner's played his last game as a Dodger. One of the names that came up was Carlos Correa. Well, John Heyman, well-respected, longtime MLB insider, he says when talking about the Dodgers and Carlos Correa, quote, they love everything he brings and thus far don't seem to have reservations about 2017. So the Dodger organization, according to John Heyman, very interested in the potential of bringing Carlos Correa as the shortstop of the future, or maybe on a shorter-term deal, who knows? But I just don't know how the fans would react to the signing of Carlos Correa, Fred. Well, I think it's the my guy theory. 
First of all, I think no one's going to forget what happened in the World Series. But it's the old my guy theory. When he's my guy, when he's my guy, it's different. I hated him there, but now he's my guy. Here's the danger. So let's say he becomes the Dodgers guy. They bring him in. This guy better be a superstar. That, without question, he better be, I don't know how good, but the greatest ever. Because if he's not, if he's just a human being that's pretty good, they will still boo him. They will not be pleased. If the Dodgers bring him in and he performs and he lights it up, people will embrace him. If not, uh, old habits die hard, and they will not be very accommodating, in my opinion, Rod. Yeah, the pressure on Correa coming to the Dodgers will be unlike, really unlike anything we've probably ever seen because of how tainted that World Series was when we lost to the Astros and the way we lost. And it's forever embedded in the minds of Dodger fans. And on top of that, it was Correa was one of those Astros that did a lot of the trash talking even afterwards. Sure did. Um, I remember he they, he had a back and forth with Cody Bellinger, um, and uh, Cody had called them out for what they did, and he had a he had a snarky remark back to Bellinger on uh, went back and forth on social media. So he was right in the middle of of really you know we won shut the hell up and take it you know kind of guys. And so I don't know how the fans react, but yes, he would have to come here and perform because if he got into any kind of slump or wasn't playing well, the fans would let him have it, even though he's wearing a Dodger uniform. Fred, you went on a bit of a rant yesterday, I saw, uh, on TV talking about the Kings and their issues at goalie. 6-4 uh, to four was their loss to Winnipeg. Uh, Jonathan Quick, Cal Peterson... I think to say the least, neither has been that good this year. That's probably a bit of an understatement. But, I mean, I don't know exactly where they go. I don't think quality goalies are just floating out there on the trade market there, Fred, are they? No, I think here's the issue with the Kings. Uh, you know, and, and most people know I'm a huge Kings fan. Have Kings tickets. Uh, they've got a great young team. They rebuilt the whole thing. They're really good. They're really good. Are they going to win the Stanley Cup this year? I can't say they are. Uh, could they be right there? Yeah, they could. I mean, they're really, really good, but their goaltending is a problem. Somebody uh, sent me an email after I went off a little bit last night on Jonathan Quick. I said, they've got to get a goalie. Well, how can you say that, given what he's meant to the franchise? And then he sat there during the rebuilding period. You know, sports is a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately business. He did win the Cup. He was great. And this year, he can make some incredible saves. All of that is true. But there are sometimes he's not. And that's a real problem. They don't have that luxury. I think Cal Peterson is a serviceable backup. They were hoping he would be the guy. They were hoping he would replace Quick. I don't see that. They need a goalie. And I don't know if they go to Ontario. I know they acquired a guy, Phoenix Coakley, during the offseason. I don't think he's played in the NHL. He's been a career minor league guy and done really well. I think it's time to take a look at somebody here. Because I don't know who's going to trade a starting goalie. No, no one is trading a starting goalie that's any good. Right. Why would you? You know, and Quickie's been great. We love Quickie here. Like you said, he was the one. He stuck around during that whole rebuilding process and the down, trotten years, and, and it's been a mainstay, and we love him. But, uh, yeah, my son was at that game last night, and uh, it was tough because they were up 3-1, I believe. Yeah. At one point. And then, uh, then the... Then the uh, 
the gates open up, if you will. Um, so, yeah, they're going to have to do something because it uh, sometimes you got to make a move even when they're tough. Yeah. 381 goals against average. Not good. No. Not good at all. Yeah. That's what's lighting up the headlines. Kevin's been great. The man with the Midas touch. Right. UCLA-Stanford tickets still to come. And also, we'll break down the Rams' battle with the 49ers and the Raiders' upcoming game with the Saints next. Now, your chance to win $1,000. Just enter this nationwide keyword on our website. Bills. That's Bills. Enter it now. Do it. AM570LASports.com. Hey, Lisa Fox here. When not getting benched or thrown out of a game, they're on the radio with you. You're listening to Rogan and Rodney on AM570LA Sports. Oh, yeah. Rodney Pete. Fred Rogan. <laughs> on a We Don't Care Friday. We really don't care. We don't. We don't. No, we don't, Freddie. We don't. Well, this has become one of the highlights of the week, Rodney. I mean, people it look is? forward to fun. No, yes. they don't. Stop building it up, Fred. No, no, they stop do. It. Stop it. Stop it now. Just stop it. No, I, you know I what? Don't I don't like that. I don't like it. Stop it. I, you know what I wish? I wish Fred! we had. Okay. All right. So what ahead, we have now. On, what we have now. Uh, on Fridays at this time is uh, oh, Rodney, who, of course, played in the NFL. <sighs> you did not play in the NFL? <sighs> okay. Rodney, who played in the NFL. Uh, is kind enough to break down the games with local interest. And we do it on Friday at this time. So let's get started now. We've talked about it throughout the show today. But let's get started with the Rams and 49ers, Rodney. Oh, 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 Freddie. Big, 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 big week for a lot of reasons. As we pointed on, you talked about it. We talked about it a little bit earlier in the show. And Kevin just pointed out uh, to us or, or, uh, yeah, Kevin pointed out that Debo, will not be playing. Debo Samuels will not be playing in this game for the 49ers, which is uh, a, a big deal, uh, if, especially if you're a Rams fan, because over the last few seasons, Debo has literally killed the Rams and had his way with the Rams on plays of short 10 yards, 40 yards, 50 yards. Debo has had his way. He's ran through the defense and missed tackle after missed tackle. Debo... Debo is a fantastic player, and he does that to a lot of different teams. But it feels like against the Rams, he has had some of his best days. And for him not to be in the lineup is, is, a, is a huge deal um, for the Rams because uh, he's he's been a Ram killer, Fred. So it's been difficult. Yeah, I like um, the Rams' chances much better now. <laughs> I do. Yes, we all do. We all do. And and plus with the Rams, I mean, this is this is a common theme with our L.A. teams as we talk about them. Is uh, how do they, how do they fare from an injury standpoint? Right, right, and and they've been banged up, and I know we'll touch a little bit on the Chargers who are on a bye week, but for the Rams, uh, they they've been banged up all season long, and and uh, what's crazy about about the Rams is that Havenstein is the, their their tackle is the only guy that's played every game. Otherwise, it, it's been a different offensive lineman in the lineup every single week. There's no continuity. Um, Talk about, Ronnie, just for a second, yeah. as a quarterback, what that means when every week it's a different line. Well, it, it's it's huge because 
those guys up front, they kind of work together as a team. They work together, a team within the, within the offense. Those five guys up front, they have to be on the same page because they look out for one another. They look out for uh, who's got who on a particular block or helping out with someone uh, against a, a very difficult pass rusher like a Nick Bosa, whom they're going to see this weekend. Um Who's got who on the double team? Can you feel when somebody is getting beat or somebody needs help? All that comes with playing together is so important. And when you don't have that on a regular basis, um, it's difficult because you can look at a guy as a quarterback. You can feel you feel the rush, right? That's what you're supposed to do. You're not supposed to look at the rush as a quarterback. You're supposed to feel the rush because you want your eyes to, to, to be downfield. And when the defensive line which the 49ers do a great job of because they get a lot of heat, a lot of pressure on the quarterback by just rushing four. Um, they do a lot of stunts. And when I say stunts, I mean one guy will go inside where an inside guy will loop around and go outside, which makes it difficult. So what you have to do, kind of like in basketball when you have a pick, right. you have to slide and cover the pick. And whether you're going to stay right there in your zone or you're going to chase the man, and if you start chasing the man, that leaves a wide open lane for a defensive pass rusher. Well, certain guys do that better than others, and when you're working with a guy that's right next to you, it helps. And as a quarterback, when you sometimes a defense is running those t particular stunts, that defensive lineman is going to be free for a particular second or a hot second until your guy steps out and picks him up. And if you're not used to that or have confidence in the guy that's playing there, then you can get jittery, throw the ball away, run out of the pocket um, because you're not sure and you haven't played with that guy enough. Um, and, and what you want to do is have trust in that guy up front and say, hey, I know he's free for a second. I can feel him, but he's about to be get picked up by my offense, by my center, or get picked up by the left guard so I can stay in the pocket and deliver the ball downfield. And one of the biggest positions on the offensive line is, is the center, and they get Brian Allen back for the Rams, which is huge because he's the quarterback of that line. He makes all the calls. Um, you'll see in a game – where a quarterback will come up to the line of scrimmage and he'll point a lot of times. You hear him call out numbers, right. 58, 58, so-and-so, 62 is the mic. They're identifying who the mic linebacker is, the middle linebacker on the defense, so the line can start their count from there. I got one, two, three on the right side. I got one, two, three on the left side. So if I'm starting at the middle linebacker, I can know that, okay, I got these two. The running back's got the third guy starting from here. So it really identifies that, and sometimes that changes. And when you have a center that knows what he's doing, it takes a lot of pressure off the quarterback because a lot of times I would, I would let my center make that call of who they felt the Mike or should the Mike linebacker should be, because they can adjust off of that. And if I wanted to change it, then I could just redirect them to where I wanted to go. But you got to have that guy in the middle. The center is your comfort zone, your comfort level. Plus. Um, outside of the offensive line, they get Van Jefferson is coming back. Uh, I don't know how much, you know, in this first game back that it's going to help uh, Allen Robinson and Cooper Cup, but certainly they got to find some other guy. And Allen Robinson had a great game, not a great game, and he had a good game last week, got into the mix, made some catches because they cannot have a steady diet of just throwing the Cooper Cup. It's not going to work. So it's good to have Van Jefferson back. Hopefully he can take some of that pressure and also help. Allen Robinson get going because maybe there's going to be some focus on Jefferson too, as well as Cup, and that'll leave Robinson open to make some more plays. All right, let's go so, now, Raiders and Saints. Big game. Big game for 
for the Raiders, who have yet to win a game on the road, Fred. They go down to New Orleans, and listen, this is I look at this game as kind of a almost a I want to say a trap, but a trick game because the Saints, their record is not very good. But on offense, they're scoring points, and they've got Andy Dalton who stepped in for Jameis Winston. And this is interesting because Jameis Winston was healthy enough to play uh, last week and didn't play, and is healthy enough to play this week and is not starting the game. So they've got Andy Dalton. And in the last four games, the Saints have put up an average of 31 points. And so they are scoring points. And what the Raiders' problem have been this season is scoring points especially in the red zone. The Raiders have not scored well in the red zone. And so this is going to be an interesting matchup because the Saints can score. They're playing down in New Orleans. If the Raiders want to have any chance of going to the playoffs or being even in the conversation come December, they got to win this game and win some games like this that they should and are technically supposed to win because I think the, the Raiders are a better team than what they've shown us in the first um in the first weeks of this season, the first half of this season. And one of the reasons I think they, there still is some encouragement and some uh, probably some excitement around the Raider building is that they finally got Josh Jacobs going. Right. I mean, he ran for 143 last week over the last three games. I think he's ran for over 440 yards and had six touchdowns in that stint. So it takes so much pressure off of Derek Carr. Um, When they're throwing the ball 50 times a game, uh, you see it. Derek Carr is getting beat up. He's getting hit. He's getting sacked. Uh, they're not. They're not efficient. The Raiders are at their best when they can run the football, be physical, and run the football. And the last few weeks, they've been able to do that. And Josh Jacob is healthy, and he's got him going. So that's good. But the other issue with the Raiders now, and, and it's affecting Derek Carr as well, is Darren Waller. Again, it's questionable. You know, their big all-world tight end, which as we all know as quarterbacks, is a is there is your comfort blanket. You know, the tight ends now look around the league. They're becoming as big a stars as the wide receivers now. You know, you've got Travis Kelsey in Kansas City. You've got uh, George Kittle in, in, San, Fran- in uh, San Francisco. You've got uh, Andrews, who got hurt last night, who plays for Baltimore, who Lamar Jackson absolutely loves. Um, uh, Tyler Higby is a big factor and become more and more of a factor. So uh, tight ends are a big part of success for an offense and not having Darren Waller, who is a mismatch walking on the field, has been a big factor as why the slow start for the Raiders on offense and for Derek Carr. All right, the Chargers are off this week. They have a bye, and that's when you get right and you get healthy. Uh, Is it the injuries, Rodney, that have slowed them down, or are they not as good as we thought they would be? I think it's a combination of both combination of both and we just talked about it a little bit with the Rams and in particular their offensive line when you not you don't have consistency and you don't play every week together it's it's so much of football is a feel game I'm feeling where okay if I I can feel my guy getting beat he's got leverage but he's getting beat I got to give him help as a as a secondary guy as a, a defensive back uh, I know how you know a certain guy is going to play who's playing beside me on the defensive line I know his mannerisms. I know what he's doing. When you don't have that, uh, it's it's not as easy to play. So, yes, injuries are a huge factor for, for a team, especially on the defensive side. It seems like it's been that that way, you know, over the last few years that we've talked about the Chargers having their injury bugs, and it's been on the defensive side because every year the Chargers go into the season and we're excited, they're excited about their defense and how well their defense is. 
But it all it takes is one or two guys, key guys, a Derwin James one year, a one year, you know, a Bosa one time. And so when you lose key guys like that, it's a factor. We see that right now with Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack doesn't have Bosa on the other side. They double Khalil Mack, and right. all of a sudden he's not as effective. Uh, so it's important. They got to get healthy. Uh, I don't think they're far off. Look, their 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 division is Kansas City, right? That's that's who they they've got to go up against. We'll find out about the Raiders this week and next, but I don't know if the Raiders are going to be in the mix. Chargers still have a chance to be in the mix. It's a tough AFC road. Uh, that's that's the problem. And and the further they get away from Kansas City and and don't stay in the hunt or stay in striking distance, it's going to be difficult for them. But they they've got to they've got to overall play better. Yes, injuries are a factor. But they, even when they've been somewhat healthy, they haven't played well, especially on defense. We've seen teams run through the Chargers and run for a lot of yards yep. and put up a lot of points against the Chargers. And, and when you have a defensive-minded coach, that should not, that should not happen. And, and, and let's face it, Justin Herbert has, has not played well either uh, but he's in the hurt. first half of the season. No? And, yes, he is hurt. I, I believe he is. I believe the ribs are, have been a factor in him. He has not been as sharp as we've seen him in his first two years of his career. But I do believe, yes, the ribs have, have been a factor. But also I believe that not having Keenan Allen over the last few weeks and now Mike Williams is – so it, it's been difficult when you don't have your go-to. Like Keenan Allen, like we talked about the tight ends earlier with Waller and that's the comfort blanket for, for Justin Herbert. Keenan Allen is that guy. Third down, I need a play. I need a guy. I need a guy to go make me a play. Keenan Allen has been that guy for him. And when you lose that, you start searching who that next guy is, and then you may not have that next guy. And now you're forcing the ball and turning the ball over, and it puts your 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 defense and your team in bad situation. They need to self scout themselves. Get first of all, get healthy. Self scout themselves of what what we do well. Let's continue to do it. And they got to start running the ball a little bit more, Fred. Yeah. They can't be yep. pass happy. Throwing the ball 50 times. I know Justin Herbert can do it. He's talented enough. Um, but I don't think he's quite there yet to put the team on his back. So like, say, a Josh Allen or Pat Mahomes or uh, Patrick Mahomes. And they give me the ball. I'm gonna, we're going to throw it 55 times. And I'll, I'll single-handedly take this team and score 40 points. Justin Herbert's not quite there yet. And with the weapons in and out of the lineup, they're not quite there yet. So they've got to be able to run the football. Who is going to see Stanford and UCLA tomorrow at the Rose Bowl? 866-987-2570. Rodney, what lucky caller number? I like number five. John Wall puts the head down, finds the hoop, finds the horn. Back at Crypto, the L.A. Clippers welcome in the New Orleans Pelicans. Clippers Countdown kicks off at 11 a.m. this Sunday. Zion Dark Horse MVP. Told ya. On L.A.'s home for Clippers basketball. AM 570 L.A. Sports. Thanks for joining us on your ride. Thank you very much, yes. Speaking of which, traffic. Logan and Rodney. Rodney Peace. An athlete. Rodney Peace. A father. Rodney Peace. An L.A. icon. Rodney Peace. And this guy. Red Rogan. Boom. AM 570 LA Sports. Gabriel and Costa Mesa, way to go. 
UCLA football is back the Rose Bowl this Saturday. Bruins host Stanford. You get your tickets today online at uclabruins.com slash tickets. Listen to Petros and Money for another chance to win. Gabriel, you're going. Coverage begins at 5 on your home of UCLA AM570 LA Sports. Rodney, Kevin, thank you. Terrific week as always. Rodney, good weekend to you. We'll do it Monday. Absolutely. Good weekend, everybody. Bargain ain't an option now, so I'm stressing. Cost me more to be free than a life in the bin. Making money over cuss words, writing again. Learn how to think ahead, so I fight with my pen. Late night down sunset, like in the sin. What's the worst they can do to a player? Got me lost in hell to live and die in LA on bail. My people say, to live and die in LA.